0: Good morning, dear friends. It's lovely to see you this morning. I want to thank Johnny for leading this morning and for speaking uh, to the boys and girls, and in fact, speaking to all of us this morning. Just want to turn in the Word of God for a short time to First Corinthians, First Corinthians, and Chapter Twelve. 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. And perhaps we could just read from verse number 12. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if there were all one member, with the body, but now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body. Which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. May the Lord be pleased to bless to us this reading of his own precious word. Let's just bow in a moment's prayer as we come to God's Word. Our Father, we thank Thee for this great privilege to open Thy precious truth this morning. We thank Thee, our Father, that this blessed book is forever settled in heaven, and it's heaven we look to this morning for help. Our Father, for vain is the help of man, we pray, our Father, that Thou will speak to speaker and hear alike this morning. We pray that Thou will encourage us in thyself, that we may in some measure grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we ask these things. Amen. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul uses the figure of the human body to illustrate the truth of the church as the body of Christ, the teaching of the church as the body of Christ is particularly linked, associated with the Apostle Paul. There is no real reference to the church as the body of Christ. For instance, in the epistles of Peter, there's no real reference to the church as the body of Christ in the three epistles of John. But it's in Paul's writings that we find the teaching of the body of Christ, particularly, of course, in Romans Corinthians, Ephesians, and Colossians. At the end of Ephesians chapter 1, Paul teaches that when God the Father raised his dear son from the dead by the working of his mighty power, he set him at his own right hand far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is name named. And God gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body i don't know about you this morning but to my heart the truth of the church as the body of christ is a blessed truth the teaching of the apostle here in 1st corinthians chapter 12 shows us that every single member of the body of Christ, is vitally important. As someone has said many years ago, in the body of Christ, nobody is a nobody. In the body of Christ, everybody is a somebody. For each member has an essential role. There's nothing in my human body that is not required The Lord has placed it there for a specific purpose. In some cases, medical science may not even know that purpose yet. But the Lord knows it, for he made the body. To the Corinthians here in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27, Paul is very specific. He says, ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. But when he's writing to the Ephesians, he says there is one body. In these two statements, we see that there's a local aspect to the body of Christ. Ye are the body of Christ. And there's a universal aspect to the body of Christ. There is one Body, And I believe Paul's words here to the Corinthians were dealing with the local aspect of the body of Christ. Ye are the body of Christ. But we know, beloved, this morning that there are members of the body of Christ all over the world. That we've, some have had, uh, we've had opportunity to have fellowship in other countries with some. But the vast, vast majority we will never meet this side of glory. Nevertheless, they are members of the same blessed body. And just for a little while this morning, and it will be a little while, I I wanted to consider three things concerning the body of Christ. First of all, the formation of the body, how the body is formed. And then just briefly, the function of the body how the body works. And lastly, the future of the body. Where are the body is going. When you think of the formation of the body, how the body is formed, speaking about the human body, that is his own body. David, the psalmist in Psalm 139 in verse 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully Made. The human body is a divine design. It was formed by an act of God. We are God's handiwork. The we, him, says, without our aid, he did us make. And even though the human body has been marred as a result of the fall, and therefore our bodies get old. And they get tired, and they get sick, and they eventually decay. And yet, with all that, our human bodies are miraculous. They are remarkable, and they are complex. The illustration the apostle uses here is that which God has fearfully and wonderfully made. The human body. He says in verse 12, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free. Here Paul is speaking about how the body is formed the mem- the many members of the body of Christ become one body by the baptism of the holy spirit by the same spirit this is not speaking about believers baptism where we go down into the waters of baptism showing that we have died to the world and risen to newness of life to walk in newness of life in Christ. But here it is the action of the Holy Spirit himself in forming the one body. And that action is described as baptism. When we come to know the Lord Jesus, when we get saved, we are immediately immersed by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ. This is not something that happens much Later on, but at the very point of conversion, we are baptized into the body of Christ. Hence the little phrase the Apostle Paul uses time and time again in his epistles in Christ. He says in verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. And this included the writer Paul, a Jew. And those he was writing to, the Corinthians, who were Gentiles. The body is made up of sinners saved by grace. Whether they be Jews or Gentiles. Whether they be bond, that is slaves, or free people. There is no distinction in the body. You will notice that the very first distinction broken down in the body of Christ is between Jew and Gentile. And even when the Lord was upon the earth, that distinction still stood. And when he sent out his disciples, that distinction still stood. If you turn with me just for a moment to Matthew. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 5. It says there, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The Lord specifically forbade his disciples to go to the Gentiles. But when we turn over to the book of Ephesians and to Ephesians chapter 2, we see that that distinction has broken down, that the Lord has now been to Calvary. He has now risen. He is now seated above. And there it says and took and sorry, Chapter 2, sorry, and verse 14, it says, For he is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinance, for to make in himself of twain one new man that one new man is the body of Christ, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body. You can search the whole of the Old Testament. You'll never find this one body because that distinction is still there between Jew and Gentile, between God's ancient people, Israel, and the other nations. The body isn't there, but it's here. When the Lord went to the cross, paid the price for all our sin, God took out from the nations, from Jew and Gentiles, and formed into one body, the function of the body. When we think of the, the function of the body, you know, for a body to be a body, it must have different parts. It, it cannot function as a body if every member has is the same, or every every member has the same function. Verse seventeen says, "If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling?" You know, the body has many members with diverse functions yet one body the story is told of a very famous orchestra leader a conductor uh, who was conducting a rehearsal of a great musical piece and as the music from scores of instruments rang out the piccolo Player, You know, the piccolo is just like a, a small flute-like instrument. He decided that really his contribution wasn't really necessary to this particular musical piece. And he set his instrument down beside him and suddenly the great conductor stopped the music and cried with a loud voice, where's the piccolo? You know, the sound of that one small seemingly insignificant instrument was necessary to the harmony of the musical piece as a whole and the great conductor noticed it was missing do you ever feel your anonymous beloved do you ever feel that people just pass you by the Lord doesn't pass you by You're not anonymous to him. You're in the body, to function in the body. What precious truth we have in verse 18. But now has God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. How important it is that we as members of the body of Christ, do not belittle our own place in the body. For it is the Lord who has placed us there. Or that we don't covet or desire another member's function in the body. God has allocated us a place and a function in the body of Christ as it has pleased him In his wisdom and in his sovereignty, God has graced different members with different gifts and different abilities to function together in the body of Christ. I was reading a little piece recently. It was written by F.B. Hole, an old writer. And uh, I had never noticed this before. He was talking about verse 21 where it says, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. You know, I had never thought of, of this verse in this way before. The writer said that the, the eye is the organ of sight and the hand is the organ of work. You know, some believers are marked by spiritual insight and, and, and spiritual understanding and spiritual intelligence. And, and they see things in Scripture that seem to pass the rest of us by. And, you know, that is very precious. And it's absolutely needed for the building up of the body. But there are other believers and they don't function in that way. They put their hand to doing something. They put their hand to practical tasks for the good of the body. That also is very precious. And it also is necessary to the good of the body. And when we think of the body as a whole, the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. And then we read, It's interesting also that it says that. It says the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. It doesn't say the eye should not say unto the hand. It says it cannot. We all need each other. We're all different, beloved. We're all different in our characters. We're all different in our ways. But God has tempered the body together. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. And then we read these words, Nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. You know, in the human body, it's not possible to get further away from the head than the feet. It's just not possible. If we think of the body of Christ as a whole... Our glorious head is in heaven. And perhaps this morning, there's one, maybe more, and you feel far away from him. Maybe you feel detached from the body altogether. But I say to you, not because I say it, but because the word of God teaches it, If you've ever trusted Him for salvation, if you've ever bowed the knee, recognizing you're a sinner, and trusted the Lord, the head will never say to the feet, I have no need of Thee. And it doesn't say, should not, it says, cannot. It's not possible. We are His. Brothers and sisters, Ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. This is not like being a member of a club, you know, where we can come and go and let our membership lapse. Your membership of this body will never lapse. Once in Christ, in Him forever. You know, in the natural body, all feeling an influence for the body comes from the head. The brain is linked to the body by the nervous system. And when any part of the natural body is injured in any way, the head feels it first. Hebrews 4 and verse 15 says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of of our infirmity. Does Jesus care? When my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song, as the burdens press and the cares distress, and the way grows weary and long, oh yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief when the days are weary. And a long night's dreary, I know that my Savior cares. Verse 22 says, Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, unto these we bestow more abundant honor. And our Uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. Some members of our human bodies remain hidden away. They are out of sight. They are closed. And what they do is not out in the open, but they are nevertheless essential and vital to the function of the body. And there are those members which seem to be more feeble. And those members which we think, that is from man's perspective, to be less honourable, less calmly, On these the Lord bestows abundant honor and abundant comeliness. You know, there are some obscure glands in the human body which were in years past previously thought to be of no importance whatsoever. But in recent times, medical science has discovered that they are of great importance. In fact, vital to the function of the body as a whole. So much so, if they cease to function, the body would cease to function. And beloved, there are those members of the body of Christ and they're hidden. Sometimes they're hidden in plain sight. Some members are a little withdrawn. Some members are a little shy. Some ma- members don't have the bubbly personality some others have. Maybe hidden away through illness, hidden away through infirmity, hidden away through old age, and yet they are vital to the function of of the body and on them the Lord bestows more honor verse 25 says that there be no schism or division in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another and whether one member suffer all the members suffer with it Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ in particular. You know, what is really impressed in those words? What is really impressed upon us here is the person we represent. Ye are the body of Christ in particular. And therefore we take on the character of the head. If we are the body of Christ, we should take on the character of the head. When we were in Adam, we took on Adam's character. And therefore we should love one another because he first loved us. And therefore we should have the same care for one another For he cared for us by one spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. We've all been baptized into one body. We all bear the same spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 4, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You notice the unity is already there. Because we're all baptized into the body of Christ and all have the same spirit, that unity already exists. We have to endeavor to keep it in the bond of peace. And just very quickly, I know our time is gone. The future of the body. Where is the body going? In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 26, Paul tells us that the body is a mystery, a secret that was hidden in God in ages past. Now that the Jew and the Gentile should be in one body without distinction was not known to the prophets. They prophesied beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. They didn't know about the bit in the middle. We're the bit in the middle. The church, the body of Christ. Christ. Praise God we are yet and still in the day of God's grace when the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men and there is still opportunity for men and women and boys and girls to come to the Savior and the body of Christ still grows with the increase of God but the day is drawing near when the whole body will be complete. When the one new man will be perfectly formed. When the last member will be added to the church. And then the body will be gathered to meet the head. It may be at morn when the day is awaking, when sunlight through darkness and shadow is breaking, that Jesus will come. In the brightness of glory, and receive from the world his own. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 and 18 is a blessed truth. It is a blessed hope, and it concerns the body of Christ and the body of Christ alone. It says, For if we believe that Jesus died. And rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, not another, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, I always find it interesting that the man associated so much with the teaching of the body of Christ, Paul the Apostle, was also caught up to the third heaven in Second Corinthians twelve two and four. But the glorious prospect of every member of the body is to be caught up to meet the Lord. In the air and to be forever with the Lord. Some on earth in glory, some severed only till He come. But our hearts are heavy for our friends, for our loved ones, our children, our grandchildren who know not the Lord. When we see the wickedness and the evil in the world now, Paul tells us of a time that's coming to Thessalonians 2 and 7. He says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. We see it working all over the world. Only he who now letteth, we believe that's the Holy Spirit, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. How is he going to be taken out of the way? The church is going to go. When the church is removed, these events cannot be far off. Let us therefore work for the Lord. While it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. Wherever he has placed us in the body, whatever function he has fitted us to perform, let us do it until he May the Lord bless his word to our hearts for his name's sake. We're going to sing a hymn which I don't know, totally left me. Uh, Lord for the years your love has kept and guided, thank you.